Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom's weight management programs are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Welcome to the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com, your daily morning podcast, updating you on everything you need to know to win your fantasy baseball league. Let's talk about baseball. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the First Pitch Podcast. This is Wednesday, July 13th. I am Kevin Hastings. Let's get right to the news and notes from Tuesday. Danny Jansen was activated from the IL by Toronto. Gabriel Moreno optioned. Jansen was one for three in his return, hitting ninth, with Alejandro Kirk going two for four as the designated hitter. Julio Rodriguez completed his one-game suspension for Seattle, stemming from the altercation with the Angels on June 26th. That completes all suspensions for the Mariners from that incident. Esteri Ruiz's contract was purchased by the Padres. Brent Rooker was optioned. Ruiz was two for four in his MLB debut, but was caught stealing in his first career attempt. Haesong Kim was back in the lineup after missing a few days with a hand injury. He went two for four with a couple of doubles and an RBI leading off as he has since Jerickson Profar hit the concussion IL last week. Alec Bohm, JT Real Muto, Kyle Gibson, and Aaron Nola, Aaron Nola, excuse me, were placed on the restricted list by Philadelphia as they headed to Toronto. It's only a two-game series, so Bohm and Real Muto will return to the lineup Friday after an off day Thursday. Gibson starts Friday and Nola Sunday in Miami. As For heading to Toronto, Kansas City has a four-game series there beginning Thursday, and it's starting to sound like several players will not be making the trip. Luckily, in NFBC leagues, we're getting four games Monday through Wednesday, and we'll know on Thursday who won't be available for the weekend. There's speculation on some players circulating, but nothing official, so I'm just waiting till Thursday to figure out what's going on with Kansas City in Toronto this weekend. Hunter Renfro returned from the IL for Milwaukee as Chichi Gonzalez was optioned. He was 0 for 4 in his return. Akil Yibadab Badu was recalled by the Tigers and was 2 for 4 with an RBI versus the Royals. No strikeouts. Nice to see as his K percentage at AAA is a nice 19.8% on the season. 131 plate appearances. I'm a bit worried about the stolen base attempts going forward as he's 8 for 13 on the season, but he was 18 for 22 last year, so we'll have to keep a close watch on if he's allowed to take off when the opportunities arise. He may also sit versus lefties, but he's still an ad where available if you're looking for stolen bases while we wait and see if the opportunities for him to take off uh, do occur. Justin Steele was activated from the paternity list for the Cubs and will start versus Baltimore on Wednesday. 
He's been better most outings than his 4.15 ERA reflects, having given up over three runs on just three occasions. But we're talking 16 earned runs in just 10 and a third innings pitched in those three. So the blow-up potential is definitely there. He'll attempt to slow down the surging Orioles, winners of nine straight and a 500 ball club. They are 44 and 44. Brian Bayo was optioned by Boston as Chris Sale made his return. Chris Sale went five innings pitched, just three hits and one walk, five strikeouts. He threw 78 pitches, had a CSW over 40% on both his four-seamer and slider, a 37% CSW for the game, but just four whiffs. He had 25 called strikes. I'm a bit skeptical on this outing with just the four whiffs, but he averaged 95 on his four-seamer, hit just under 97. We'll see how Sale looks in his next outing for Boston. Kenley Jansen is expected to be activated Wednesday by Atlanta and will presumably slide right back into the closer role. 38-year-old Annabelle Sanchez will be activated from the 60-day IL to start for the Nationals versus Atlanta on Thursday. We haven't seen him since his awful 2020. A definite wait and see and quite possibly an avoid altogether. Mike Trout left Tuesday's game with upper back spasms. This is very concerning, but could explain his 147 batting average and one home run in July. I really hope his stolen base on Friday evening versus Baltimore doesn't have anything to do with this. That'll do it for news and notes. Let's take a look at some of the notable starting pitchers from Tuesday that we haven't mentioned yet. Shane Bieber had a very efficient, complete game in the first matchup versus the White Sox. Just 95 pitches, one earned run, three hits, no walks, seven strikeouts. He had 11 whiffs tied for the most on the day and a 37% CSW for the game. Dylan Cease went five and two-thirds scoreless in the second game of the doubleheader, picking up his eighth win and lowering his ERA to 2.30 on the season. He had nine strikeouts, gave up five hits, did have three walks. Garrett Cole went seven scoreless with 11 strikeouts, just four hits and one walk. He threw his four-seamer 50% of the time. It hit 100.5 miles per hour, and he had a 34% CSW for the game. He left with a 3-0 lead, but the bullpen couldn't hold it. We'll get back to that. Jose Barrios picked up his seventh win, tossing six innings of three-run ball versus the Phillies with six hits and three walks, 13 strikeouts. So his last outing was nice. That was Oakland. He has 13 strikeouts Tuesday, but still just the minimum requirements for a quality start. I still don't know what to think of Jose Barrios. He does get Kansas City on Sunday, could have four consecutive decent starts heading into the break. Corey Kluber got his fifth win versus Sale and the Red Sox with six innings pitched, giving up two earned runs on four hits, one walk. He had seven strikeouts. Kluber has now given up over two earned runs just twice since early May. One of those two was a three-run win versus St. Louis. So he looks to finish off the first half versus Baltimore on Sunday and is available in nearly 40% of Yahoo leagues, surprisingly. David Peterson went five and a third for the, for the Mets versus Atlanta. 
giving up two earned runs on two hits. He did have three walks, but nine strikeouts. Those two runs came on Matt Olson's 14th home run of the year that ended Peterson's night. Spencer Strider on the mound for Atlanta gave up just one run on five hits, three walks of his own, and eight strikeouts, but lasted just four and two-thirds. Another bullpen we'll get to here in just a little bit. Mitch White gave up six earned runs and five innings pitch. He had 10 hits, two walks, three strikeouts, and a home run to both Albert Pujols and Nolan Gorman. You know, I think some of us were starting to buy into White as a starter for the Dodgers, but he had went five innings in only three of his starts prior to Tuesday. And his nice five and two-third inning out in his last start was Rockies on the road. So it'll take multiple nice outings or really good matchups to get me interested again. The Dodgers are off on Sunday due to hosting the All-Star game. So we won't see White again until after the break. And with Andrew Heaney back out on a rehab assignment, it's going to be interesting to see what the Dodgers do out of the break as they play 18 straight days beginning next Thursday. Jordan Lyles picked up his sixth win versus the Cubs for Baltimore, going seven innings, two earned runs on seven hits and a walk with five strikeouts. That's four or five starts giving up two earned runs or less with at least six innings pitch for Lyles. He'll finish the first half at Tampa on Sunday. Austin Gomber held the Padres to a single run on six hits and a walk with three strikeouts and six innings at Coors picking up his fifth win on the year, still a 6.11 ERA. Mike Clevenger was cruising along as well until a Charlie Blackman three-run home run in the sixth, his 14th of the season and 50th RBI of the season. Luis Garcia for the Astros gave up only one run on one hit, three walks. He did have seven strikeouts versus the Angels. Syndergaard only went four innings on Tuesday. Logan Webb picked up his eighth win and lowered his ERA to 2.82 with six scoreless on five hits and two walks with eight strikeouts. Dallas Keuchel was recent. Dallas Keuchel, unfortunately, that's getting pretty painful to watch. At least a couple of bullpens need mentioning. Starting with Clay Holmes, I mentioned this earlier. For the Yankees, who faced five hitters giving up a walk, a single, a hit by pitch, a single, and another hit by pitch. He was replaced by Wandy Peralta with the Yankees still clinging to a one-run lead, and he got the first two hitters he faced to ground into force outs at the plate before Jonathan India gave the Reds the lead with a two-RBI single. Alexis Diaz closed it out for Cincinnati, his third save of the season. Diaz has six strikeouts and that save in three one-inning appearances since returning July 8th and 42 strikeouts and 33 innings pitched on the season. David Bednar saved his 16th. If he's on the move over the next couple of weeks, Will Crow is interesting, who had his 12th hold and 50th strikeout of the year in the 8th inning. Jordan Romano did his thing for the Blue Jays, his 19th save of the season. Brooks Raley had his 6th. They've been spread over the entire first half of the season those six saves thanks a lot tampa the other bullpen i mentioned that would definitely come up aj mentor for atlanta had his fourth save 
but his opportunities will diminish greatly with that return of Kenley Jansen. Josh Hader had his 27th save with three strikeouts on 16 pitches after giving up a run in his previous three outings. Giovanni Gallegos had his 10th save, but gave up a solo home run and a walk before saving the one-run victory. Helsley had pitched to a pinch-hitting Lux, Betts, and Turner in the 8th, so maybe this was matchup based with Helsley pitching the 8th. He has been the much better reliever. Jorge Lopez had his 17th save for Baltimore. I have mixed emotions as a Royal fan. Great to see for Jorge Lopez. But where was this when he was in Kansas City? Lou Trevino blew his second save for Oakland, giving up two runs on three hits, including Corey Seager's 21st home run. His ERA is up to 7.11 on the season. A.J. Puck had three strikeouts and two innings pitch for his 10th hold, and it really looks like it could be his job soon, whether the A's can get anything for Trevino at the deadline or not. The A's did get the victory, scoring eight runs in the top of the 12th after Zach Johnson had also blown a save opportunity in the 10th for Oakland. Gregory, excuse me, Gregory Soto had his 18th save for the Tigers. He has a 2.59 ERA on the season and could be on the move. Michael Fulmer, a free agent to be, and has a 1.89 ERA. Andrew Chafin has a 2.30 ERA. He's owed 6.5 million next season, has an opt-out after 2022. There's a whole lot of things that could happen with this Detroit bullpen over the next couple of weeks. Joe Jimenez gave up two runs on Tuesday, but he might be the speculative ad here in Detroit. Daniel Bard had his 19th save for the Rockies. Another guy that could be on the move. Ryan Presley isn't going anywhere. He had his 19th save for Houston with two strikeouts. How about some hitters we haven't mentioned yet? We did mention Alejandro Kirk for Toronto. Teoscar Hernandez was also two for four for the Blue Jays. He had a double and two RBIs, and his average is quietly up to 263 on the season. He's hitting six of seven, three of them multi-hit games, and he's got three extra, base hit, three extra base hits over that time. In trading leagues, this may be the last chance you have to make an offer for Teoscar Hernandez. Adam Duvall returned from the paternity list on Monday, but didn't play until Tuesday and went one for three with a two-run home run. He's another guy that's primed for a second-half surge. He gets the plate, if he gets the plate appearances in the second half that he did in the first, his bat X projections prorate to about 14 home runs, 40-ish RBI, and 30 to 35 runs scored the rest of the way. He's available in a few 15s and 12s and 70% of Yahoo leagues, Adam Duvall. Willie Adamez had his 18th home run and 49th RBI for Milwaukee. They come with a 218 batting average, and he is not widely available, not really available at all out there. The actionable one here is Andrew McCutcheon for the Brewers. Had his ninth home run to go with 37 runs and 37 RBI, six stolen bases, a 256 average on the season. He's available in 75% of Yahoo leagues. 
Ramon Urias was three for four with a two-run home run for the Orioles. I've been including him in my article multiple times this season as a guy with a nice hard contact rate and good things should be coming. It's starting to look like that could be the case. Jorge Mateo had his seventh home run and 22nd stolen base on the year for Baltimore. Leody Tavares of the Rangers has multiple hits in four of his past five games, including five doubles, and has stolen a base in the past two games. He has just three stolen bases in 24 games, but as his hitting has come along recently, he's gotten more opportunities. His strikeout percentage is 26.8% after being over 32% in both of his prior MLB seasons. He's hitting 328. That's not going to last, but if that strikeout percentage stays reasonable and he gets on base at a 30% or better clip, he could stick this time. He had 17 home runs and 13 stolen bases in 87 games in 2021 at AAA. Aledmus Diaz is playing every day while Jordan Alvarez is out. He was two for three with his sixth home run Tuesday and is hit in seven straight with four doubles, three home runs, and a stolen base. I understand it's a streak that can end at any moment, but he's playing every day in a potent lineup as long as Jordan Alvarez is out. Yerman Mercedes had his third double and first home run of the season for the Giants. He's hitting 296, but he won't always play versus righties. He's got just 13 plate appearances to his 18 versus lefties. He's a daily league player unless the Giants have a pretty heavy lefty schedule upcoming. That's most of the actionable hitting performances from Tuesday. We'll look ahead to Wednesday in just a moment. Hey, Alex Fast here, and thanks for listening to this podcast on the Pitcher List Podcast Network. If you're a fan, consider supporting all of us by getting a PL Plus subscription, where you're going to get an ad-free website and get access to our Discord, where you can talk to all of our podcast hosts and staff. Plus, you can hang out with our incredible Pitcher List community. It's basically a baseball sanctuary year-round for as low as $8 a month. You can sign up at PitcherList.com backslash plus, and you're going to get your first month free with promo code podcast also don't forget to check out everything else we do as well from youtube videos live streams newsletters off-season articles tiktoks breakdowns over 15 baseball podcasts on our network we can't stop talking about baseball even during the off-season so sign up for pl plus today at pitcherlist.com backslash plus and use promo code podcast to get your first month free all right thanks for listening let's get back to the show Welcome back. Let's check in with Mark for today's weather outlook. Mark? Thank you very much. Well, we kind of had a postponement come out of, I'm not going to say nowhere, but it's not something where I thought it was going to yesterday. Today's threat's going to be an afternoon game in Atlanta between NL East foes, the Mets and the Braves. Uh, there's going to be some rain around basically all afternoon. They're going to be dodging raindrops. Not sure they'll get this one in, but I'm sure they'll try. Anyways, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mark. Looking at Wednesday's schedule, we have 16 games with the Mariners and Nationals making up a washed-out game from Tuesday. Five days game, five day games for our viewing pleasure. It's way too easy, and most Yankees are rostered everywhere. 
But Mike Miner takes his 6.63 ERA into Yankee Stadium. Ugh. The White Sox woke up in the second game of yesterday's doubleheader, and they get Aaron Savale in Cleveland this evening. Gotta like that. Be careful in Minnesota. Yes, the Twins could easily send nine right-handed hitters out versus Aaron Ashby, and, and I think they probably will, or close to it. But he's actually been much better versus righties in his career and this season. Sure, the Twins have a nice lineup, and Ashby hasn't been great recently, but something to keep in mind. Shohei Otani, must-see TV. I've been very fortunate to be able to say this nearly every time I've done this podcast. He is on the mound this evening. John Gray has been good of late and gets the worst hitting team versus right-handed pitching in the league in the Oakland A's. He's available in over, over a third of Yahoo League's He's definitely in my lineup everywhere I roster him. And Brady Singer struck out nine versus the Tigers. He faces today two starts back. I look for him to go deeper than the four and two thirds he did in that game. And the Royals have actually been scoring some runs in recent games. That should do it for this episode of the First Pitch Podcast. Catch us again tomorrow and each day of the season. Once again, I am Kevin Hastings. Good luck today, everybody, and enjoy the games. This has been the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, rate us on iTunes, follow us on Twitter at PitcherList, and help support what we do by joining our Discord with PitcherList Plus at PitcherList.com slash plus.